What is up, IFL? Tonight, we have an interview with Houston Peru on tap. In this episode, we get a peek under his kimono. Uh, maybe more than a peek. Great ass! But first, a couple hot takes. Yeah! First, Laquan Treadwell is a mediocre talent and doesn't deserve to be the top wide receiver of the NFL draft. <laughs> Second, the Broncos will beat the Panthers in Super Bowl 50 by stuffing eight in the box. I'm making the Panthers number one wide receiver, Ted Ginn, beat them. I'll say that again. Ted Ginn, number one wide receiver. The Miami, San Francisco, Arizona, and let's not forget, Carolina Castoff. Yes, this is his second tour of duty in Carolina. Ted Ginn, career special teamer, will be asked to line up and beat Tlaib and the Broncos safeties. Ted can't, and the Broncos win. And finally, tits. In 2012, Nike held a scouting combine. There were some great athletes there, guys like O.J. Howard and Jalen Ramsey. Zeke Elliott was there, too. They all tested well and posted impressive spark scores. But one man towered above them all, literally. Henry, nice move. He will if you've watched Alabama play this year, you've heard announcers talk about his size. You've probably heard scouts talk about his need to build momentum and his lack of lateral agility. The book on Derrick Henry is that he's a bruising, straight-line runner that will only function well in the right offensive scheme, one where he's asked to make one cut and get downhill. A goal line back. Zeke, on the other hand, he, he doesn't need a system to be effective. Zeke is a pure athlete who can win in space, outside, inside. He can catch. He can block. He's the Ferrari to Henry's El Tractorcito. Tits. But on that day back in July 2012, Derrick Henry and Zeke lined up head-to-head. -head. There was no need to guess. There was no need to take a scout's word. They ran the short shuttle, the standard test of lateral agility. Julian Edelman's favorite drill. Zeke weighed in at a spry 198 pounds, and Henry at a ridiculous 243. If Henry had come within shouting distance of Elliott, he could have walked away totally satisfied. But he didn't. He won. Easily, in fact. He placed eighth overall out of 95, losing to guys who averaged about 178 pounds. Zeke came in 16th, and that's despite being three inches shorter than Henry, and despite weighing 45 pounds less than the future Heisman winner. But Henry wasn't done. Then, this mountain of a man, by far the heaviest skill position player there that day, lined up and exploded into the air. Henry soared, defying physics and expectations and common sense. And when he landed lightly on the balls of his size 13 feet, he walked away having posted the highest vertical jump of the day and one of the highest spark scores ever recorded by Nike. All right, on to the interview. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Hey, I saw in your intro that uh, you're a Michigan State guy, and they just came off a, a pretty nice season. They went 12-12. Uh, and 12. They were a little overshadowed by uh, Harbaugh, though. So that's that's sort of like being the second most awesome Josh in the IFL, right? Yeah, it's a similar. Who did you see coming out of Michigan State this year having an impact? Uh, one guy that immediately comes to mind, obviously, is Connor Cook. You know, he's been getting a lot of flack for some of the 
off the field stuff. You know, it was the whole trophy grab at the after the the bowl game, and you know, not being voted a captain as a, a senior quarterback. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen him as really a first round talent, um, but I do think that he could serve some type of role in the NFL. You know, jumping to Aaron Burbridge, his name sticks out. I don't think that he's anything special, honestly. Um, I think he's the best receiver that State had, but. Uh, I think that once we get to the combine and, and people really start to look at his tape, they'll see that he's just kind of took advantage of being their best guy. Well, I saw that you've done some writing for uh, for the nerds over at Rotoviz. I enjoy them quite a bit. Uh, one series in particular caught my eye. You you entered a, a semi high stakes tourney, a uh, satellite tourney, and uh, I, I guess you did pretty well. But could you talk a little bit about how you ended up doing and what you learned through the process? Well, I learned that it's not over until it's over. Uh, I was I was coasting, and you know I was pretty much in the two spot the whole season, um, and I thought things were good. I was almost putting that that uh, set amount of money into my bank account prematurely, and uh, even after the buy, you know that that second round of the playoffs came, and I got dropped like a bad habit. It was pretty bad. You know, it was definitely a fun experience, but you definitely learn a lot of stuff uh, just as far as the little nuances of, of leagues like that, uh, the different rules that come with it. Uh, I learned that preparation is key. Uh, I, I just kind of jumped into it without really looking at all the, the minute details. Uh, that's why I've really been trying to focus focusing on the rules that are in this league so that nothing catches me by surprise. Just an example, you know, once a guy is dropped, I think it's after like week 12 or something like that, um, they're stuck in the in the waiver pool no one can pick them up after that so just little things like that um making sure that they don't kind of get you by surprise when when it matters most for sure i noticed that in one of your articles you mentioned that you uh were kind of building towards the playoffs uh, for strength of schedule how much weight do you put into early season strength of schedule measures do do you feel like it's it's just really a shot in the dark or, or is there something there uh you know at the beginning of the year I don't, I don't think that we really don't know as much as we think we know, not nearly as much as we think we know. Um, you know, so many times you'll see wins in week one, two, or three, and, and people are surprised by them. But, you know, you look back in weeks 14, 15, and 16, and they make complete sense because, you know, the teams were just much better than we had realized. So I don't really put a lot of stock into the early season schedules or strength of schedule. The roles that you see early on are, are telling but some of the uh, scores and results can be misleading. You were a referral from the formerly St. Nick, and as you may or may not know, Nick's been known to take his shirt off when posting Smack Talk videos, and I don't know, between Raven's tight shirts and Nick's nipples, I just don't think we need to see another set of nipples on display in this league. I think the entire league is with me, so we're hoping you keep your shirt on, but how long have you and Nick known each other? Well, thankfully, you know, actually, I'm glad that I didn't know that he took his shirt off. I, I may not have joined the league if I knew that was the case. Um, but I've known him since I think I was like a sophomore in high school and I was in a Madden league. Uh, it was pretty intense. It was similar to this one, you know, 32 teams. And we tried to keep it as sim as possible, um, you know, and I, I just met him through there. And I think a couple years after the league folded or maybe even at the, towards the end, uh, he had asked me if I wanted to be in a uh, keeper league with him, and uh, I said yes. And you know, it's it's been like that ever since. And I, I noticed also in your in your getting to know you thread that uh, you said you you'd taken down the big money in his league many times. How many years have you guys been playing, and how many times you won the championship? Uh, we've been seven years together since seven years, and uh, I just won my fourth championship this year. Uh, I will give him credit, though. Usually he's the guy that I'm beating in the championship. 
Um, but you know, with the with the keeper aspect, uh, it's just it's I've been really lucky at, at kind of selling guys at the at their high points right before they fall off. So which one is the real Nick then? Is it the two and fourteen version we saw a couple years back, or um, and I'm talking about in, in in our setup, or is it the division winning version of Nick we saw last season? Uh, Twelve. I think it's it's the the good Nick, uh, the good Saint Nick. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's very competitive. I, I think that what I saw when I my reaction, I'm sorry, when I saw that he was one in fifteen or two and fourteen or whatever, you know, I I immediately texted him and just said like, how in the hell did that happen? You know, um, not only because it's almost seems impossible to go two and fourteen, but also because, you know, someone of his pedigree, I was really surprised that, that he let that happen. You know what? I stand corrected. It was 1-15. in 15. Sorry about that, Nick. Hey, Miami Brad called you out specifically as an owner to watch, um, mainly due to your preparation. So what have you been doing to get up to speed uh, with the IFL in this new type of format? Uh, like I said, just, you know, being on top of the rule book, uh, checking out the little nuances and everything, um, looking for little things that are I don't want to use the word exploit, but little um, things that you can take advantage of or use to your advantage. You know, I've been trying to make that spreadsheet, get that budget kind of balanced and set. You know, I, I know that the true nerds have their spreadsheet, so I'm, I'm trying to trying to keep up with you guys. Um, I remember you saying that you had yours going, and, you know, I, I fear the nerds. Those are the guys, the ones with the spreadsheets and the guys without wife and kids. Those are the ones that I'm worried about. So uh, I'm trying to stay on top of uh, some things that are new to me, uh, the IDP is new to me. I've done a leagues where you just have maybe uh, two or three, but I've never done a full IDP before. So I'm trying to brush up on that um, uh, and just really get that salary cap uh, hammered. I know that this first auction draft is going to be key. I really don't want to mess it up. So I um, uh, want to make sure that I'm really prepared for that going into it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you're over in the AFC South. I, I wish you a lot of luck in that this season. You've got a couple of experienced guys. But working in your favor, we do have quite a few new point changes in the, in the rules this year. Um, it's going to change how a lot of the defensive guys are valued, in my opinion. So I think it'll be interesting to see how everyone else adjusts to it during the auction. I'm totally looking forward to it. I'm, I'm jonesing for it. But, uh, again, I wish you a lot of luck in the AFC South. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Thanks a lot for the invite. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Analyze This. Country Road.